Hey, everybody, welcome back to Gear 30 on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, the founder of Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing and all of our other podcasts over at blisterreview.com. And per usual, we are broadcasting this episode of Gear 30 from our Blister headquarters in Elevation Hotel, which is located right next to the chairlifts here in Mount Crested Butte. Elevation Hotel is back and open for business, and our trail network here in the Gunnison Valley is also open, so maybe you should all think about coming to see us, you know, in a socially distancing and responsible type of way. And just a reminder, if you've listened to, let's say at least five of these Gear 30 episodes, and you keep coming back for more, well, then you apparently like the show, and we would really like it if you would take 30 seconds and leave us a quick rating in Apple Podcasts. Plus, each rating brings us one step closer to our listener appreciation slash blister crash course videos, and we already have one in the works, which is our Telemark video, and then when we get to 500 ratings, we go make our blister snowblades video. This is just our little way to show you our appreciation and say thank you while almost certainly injuring ourselves in the process. So go leave that rating and we'll go make videos. Okay, today I am talking with the founder of ON3P Skis, Scott Andrus, about the new ON3P lineup for the upcoming season. And it turns out that there is a lot of new and interesting stuff going on at ON3P, and in fact, we are going to be breaking a decent amount of news here in this conversation. So let's just go ahead and get to that conversation with the one and only Scott Andrus. Here we go. Well, Scott Andrus, how are you and your crew holding up in, uh, in Portland these days? We're pretty good. Um, we're just now in our second week uh, back to full-time work. So getting used to the new reality of working in mass and lots of hand sanitizer. And we're just trying to uh, kind of get, get back to some stability after a funky couple months. So everyone's, everyone's healthy. So that's the important thing. And you guys, you were doing some stuff um, like having you know, certain sets of people come in on like even days and the other half coming in on odd days, things like that, just trying to like navigate this time. Do I have that right? When this kind of first hit, we shut down for a couple of weeks to get our bearing because just because like, like everybody, we really didn't know what was happening and what the infection rates were. Uh, and then we went to a split schedule. So we lowered the density on the floor by half, uh, you know, which... Uh, you know, hurt our productivity quite a bit. And we ran that for six or seven weeks on a phase back schedule, um, which, you know, that presented its own problems when you have people trying to communicate over a day. Just last Monday, returned to a normal work schedule five days a week. So, Well, I'm glad you guys are back kind of up and running in a slightly more normal way, I guess. But yeah, we've got some work to do here. We The task is for us to get through your 2021 lineup and full disclosure we actually just spent about 35 minutes making sure i was clear 
on what was going on here. And so I think we've, I think we have this, I think we have this down pretty good. Um, now, just before we start on our march through the 2021 lineup, you know, I do, we have to talk about Dead Alive for a second because I don't remember when you assigned this task to us, but I think it was over a year ago or it was or, over a year. It was over a year ago. And you, yep. you've been asking me repeatedly, like, have you watched Dead Alive yet? It's a great movie. Well, well, I watched the trailer yesterday. <laughs> and it's like, there's no way I'm watching this. There's just like, I, I don't know how much you'd have to pay me, but it, it would be actually quite a substantial amount of money. It's just, I don't know, man. Um it's I did watch the trailer. response. It's that bad. It looked, so. I was like, I, how do I justify like spending an hour and a half to two hours watching this? So well, for everybody integrity. out there, integrity. Yeah. It could have been a man of your word and watched the movie, but yeah, here we are. Here we are. Um, I'll take the hit. Um, apologies for <laughs> anyone out there who was really looking for my take on the movie dead alive um i can i can tell you i watched the trailer and that trailer did not make me at all remotely interested in watching pretty, the movie i think i would need to be extremely it's pretty accurate the trailer so okay it's good enough yeah okay um so anyway my apologies there's no dead or alive review um Next time, come up with a better movie. You should make uh, Luke do it and write a synopsis for you. No, Luke, definitely. I need Luke doing other stuff. <laughs> so I I just, yeah, I, I really can't think of the scenario where that where that film is going to get watched by us. But um, anyway, again, so apologies. Apologies for the <laughs> lack of integrity on this end. But yeah, man, that was a tough, that was a tough one. I would agree. Have you watched the whole thing? And how many times? Uh, I've probably seen it five times. What? Why? Mostly to show to people to torture them, I think would be an accurate description. Um, yeah, I don't think I could sit through the whole thing now. Uh, so I think your, your reaction is pretty apt. Okay, well, with that out of the way, let's get to the 2021 Owen 3P skis lineup. There's kind of a lot going on here. Maybe we should start by talking about this new layup you've got going. Is that a good place to begin? The new composite? Yeah. So the, the biggest change across the whole lineup is that we've moved to a new custom hybrid glass carbon composite. We've been working on a couple of years. There's a bunch of reasons for this. Primary reason is to drop weight and it's a more solid bond surface on the surface of the core. So in the, in the past, we've run a unicarbon on the core with an overlay of uh, triaxial fiberglass. By uh, incorporating the carbon into the fiberglass itself, we're now running a solid 45-45 degree fiberglass on the core consistently. So it's just a stronger bond. It's mostly manifest on the park skis where kids are like flexing them crazy, but Overall, it's a stronger bond, and we also increased the weight of the composites overall versus what we were running. Uh, that allowed us to thin the core profile. So most of the skis, you know, the, as a whole, the stock lineup saw a drop in about 100 grams a ski versus 2020. That's pretty much across the board. The only skis that don't get the new composite are the Charlie Murphy 
Kitsky and the cease and desist. So everything else will feature this new composite. This is great news because you know how much I hate heavy skis. You know, I've talked a lot about how you don't want to go overboard. Uh, we feel where the weights are ending up right now are a pretty good spot. So not too light, but, you know, 200 grams a pair definitely is noticeable. I feel like we've been allies on the whole resisting the temptation to lighten everything. And I don't know if we're, if we can, are we still allies? I think so. Hmm. I think we're pretty light. I just don't, my, my resisting the lightning was purely in an inbound sense, right? Where. Yeah, but you just lightened up your inbound skis. Yeah, but they were, they're pretty heavy before. Yeah. We had, we had weight to lose. Um, and I just think there's something about mass you can't replace, you know? So I'm, like I said, I think we're happy where we're ending up, you know, so stuff like a Woodsman 108 in an 87s coming in. Uh, I think it was like 2240 or something last year. I think it's like 2150 now. So it's not super light. Obviously, there's a lot of other lighter options, but it's definitely definitely a lighter platform. So, Well, let's start marching through then some of the different offerings. And you have have kind of set this up, I think, in a kind of interesting way to walk through the lineup. And this was part of what we were getting clear on in our kind of pre conversation, but we're going to move through this kind of going from directional skis to what you're calling all mountain, then to freestyle, then to park, then to touring, then to 50-50. So let's start with what you have going on in what you're calling the directional category. Take it from there. Sure. So, um, we kind of have like an internal buying system. You know, I've talked about it a little bit. We haven't released it publicly yet, but it's called the best system. And the first component of that is balance, um, which primarily is mount point. And I think that's the most important component when you're picking a ski because everything else, but you know, rocker, side cut, how you drive the skis comes off of that point. So we break up our line basically into four with our four mount point categories. So you got, you know, very center and park, about minus four in freestyle, minus seven on mountain, minus 10 directional. You know, those are approximate, those scale by size. So the directional skis, obviously we're looking at something uh, about minus nine and a half to minus 10 and a half uh, skis that you're driving a bit. So that, you know, the basis for that is kind of our Renegade line and the RES series. So the Billy Goat cease and desist. So the biggest change next year on the Ren line is we've dropped the two models in favor of one at 102. Increase the tip taper a little bit. That's to bring the side cut around when you're driving the ski a little easier uh, and tighten the side cut up. So what we kind of found sticking with our bamboo core, 100% bamboo core, is that the the Tetanol sometimes made the skis a little too damp for people in softer environments, say like up here in the Northwest. So we've kind of favored like more of an inner mountain width that sees more hard snow where the benefits of the Tetanol are more present in the ski. So that's why you see the drop down just to one width. And then because the Renegade, the basis for that ski was always kind of like a comp-esque directional charger. Uh, we're bringing back a flat tail Renegade 110 Pro in one size only because hardly anyone buys these skis anymore in a 186 for the like 10 guys at Snowbird or Jackson that actually can ski that ski. So Okay, so just to clarify, so we now have the two kind of stock... Ren models 
are a Ren 102 Ti, and then this Ren Pro, which is 110 millimeters wide and only comes in a 186. Only 186. It's Ti, and it's got a high high 20s radius. I can't remember it off the top of my head. And it the biggest thing with that versus the Ren 102 or the Rens of the past couple of years is it goes back to uh, a more original rocker profile, which is a much lower tail, lower tip rocker. It's probably a, the most true Ren to uh, like to the original idea of the Renegade. Now, I think we have to say this before people start freaking out. You know, people can still get this is this is my goal was to try to make this as clear of a conversation as possible. So I might be guilty of muddying the waters here a little bit, but I think it's important to say before people like jump out the window, it is still going to be possible to get a Ren 96 and a Ren 108, correct? Yes. Uh, yeah. So the we've kind of learned our lesson in years past when we got rid of models. A lot, a lot of times we would just get rid of all the, all the support structure for them, all the templates and such. We're not doing that anymore. Um, so if you want a Ren 108, contact us. We can build you a Ren 108 on custom. Won't be a stock ski. Okay. And people can go Ren 96 and Ren 108 with or without Tetanol? Yeah, since it will be custom, both options will be available. And so just out of curiosity, I take it that the Ren 102 Ti and the Ren Pro, they are also getting this new core. And so we might not expect the Ren 102 and Ren Pro to be these super heavy skis. They have the new composites. So they'll, you know, they'll be, you know, they'll lose some weight compared to this year. Um, the Ren Pro particularly, you know, when you're decreasing rocker, it really, you know, adds to the stiffness and the feel of the ski. So it's, it's a pretty stout ski. Then there is also in this directional category, the Billy Goat and the Cease and Desist. Are we good there, or do we need to say anything about those two skis? Uh, shapes are the same. Cease and assist is the same. Uh, we didn't move to the new composite there because we wanted to keep... It, it's such a big ski that to really drop the weight, um, you know, we'd have to probably move to a tour core. So we, we kept the cease and assist the same. We want the damping damping of the, uh, the heavy bamboo core. Uh, and then the Billy Goat, same shape, uh, just has a new lighter weight and the new uh, composite layout. So, Okay, let's keep it moving. We're going to go to the all-mountain category. So these are skis that, depending on their length, they're going to be coming at a mount point between minus 6.5 to minus 7.25 behind true center. And the entire all-mountain category is going to be the woodsman. Yeah, so obviously... All mountains a pretty general term, but in terms of, you know, kind of a the do-it-all ski for like a modern skier, this is currently the platform we like the most. We've seen a lot of former directional skiers want to have a little more of the the playfulness of a freestyle like ski like the Jeffrey, but they can't they can't get the mount to function, they can't get the round or flex to function. So that's where the Woodman uh, really comes in. Versus versus last year, the you know, the changes are pretty minor. There's minor side cut. Uh, updates to the 116 and the 108. And then the 96, the radius of the 96 is basically moving up to the 102, sort of as our, our more inner mountain width. And then it's allowed us to tighten the radius on the 96 quite a bit and make it more of an East Coast all-mountain ski. So that's one thing that we struggled with a little bit on a two-width 
uh, 96-108 separation was that, you know, the 96 kind of had to double duty West Coast and East Coast. The addition of the 102 is really allowing us to make the 96 widths like, like a true East Coast side cut. Uh, you know, so we're looking at, you know, sub-19, where in the past you're looking at more like a 21. So, you know, the Woodsman, for a new ski line last year, it's really taken off. Like, obviously, the sales on it, we are confident enough to drop the Ren to a, you know, to a primarily a single width. So it's been a platform we're really happy with. And I think the, the minor changes we're seeing next year in side cut, there's a slight mount chains are all, all good. Man, you love to tinker. I do like to tinker. <laughs> okay. So we've got a Woodsman 96, 102, 108, and 116. Yep. Any final thoughts or words on the Woodsman series? Um, I guess the only thing if we want to add is that there is a women's woodsman next year in a 102 called the Mira. We don't, you know, we've long said this, like we don't really have women's specific skis. They're basically women's branded size specific skis. So, um, you know, that's going to come in at a 62, 67, 72 in a 102 underfoot. It's just a continuation of a woodsman 102 down into, a, uh, like I said, a, a women's branded size specific shorter ski. So um, having that, we're excited to have that next year just because, you know, in the past, like we don't even sell short men's skis particularly well. So it's just been really hard for us to justify uh, more than a very limited uh, uh, short line, essentially. So it was really only present in the Jessies in the past, um, you know, which is a freestyle line. So we're excited to have a, a directional option back. So... And are we allowed to talk about where the name Mira came from for these shorter versions of the Woodsman? Yeah, so so all our names are named after people involved with the company. Like Jeffrey is my brother, who's our finishing manager. So the Mira's named after my mom. Uh, it's her full name as an acronym, Martha Elizabeth Rich Andrus. So M-E-R-A. And, uh, you know, all of our... They said all our names have meaning internally um so i'm uh excited to give her a name uh she's obviously been a big part in supporting uh me and home through pe to get where we are so i like it you got a ski named after your mom yes we do ah so that is the all mountain category with the woodsman and the mira skis there Moving on to the freestyle category. Now, these skis are going to range, depending on the length of the ski, from a minus 3 to a minus 4.5 centimeter mount point. So we keep getting a bit more progressive. Talk to us about what's happening in the freestyle category. So the Jeffrey series is our best-selling series. Uh, it's what most everyone at the factory skis every day. Um, so in the past, we're at 96, 108, 116. Like the Woodsman, we're seeing the addition of the 102. So that's giving us a good, you know, intermountain type with uh, freestyle ski and allowing us to decrease the radius on the 96 to make it a little more East Coast centric. Overall, the line is pretty similar to where it was last year. It has the flex change you get with the new composites, but the basis of the skis is all the same or are all the same. There's some minor side cut tweaks on the 116, but otherwise it's pretty dialed right now. Okay. And then there is a counterpart to the Jeffries, right? Yeah. So the women's uh, component of 
of the freestyle line is the Jesse. So next year, that's coming in 96 and 102. Uh, we cut the 108 from the stock line, like the Renegade 108 and Renegade 96. You can order it on custom. Uh, we're just not going to carry them. And similar type changes to that line you see to the Jeffrey. What's your prediction or guess? Let's say out of every 10 skis you guys are going to sell, how many do you expect to be stock and how many do you expect to be custom? We're trying to increase custom more and more, you know, and that's like one of one of the big pushes on uh, in the factory, you know, the last 24 months has been to lean out our production so that, you know, order date to ship date on a custom is short. Two years ago, we were running about four to five weeks. Last year, we got it down to about 21 days. I'm hoping to get it down to like between 11 and 14. Uh, you know, and that's actual calendar days, not work days. So the shorter we can get the production time, the more customs I think we'll be able to sell. Right now, I think off the top of my head, it's about 15%, 10 to 15% of our production. And I'd like it, you know, there's no limit as, as much as we can scale it, uh, the better. So speaking of custom, you've been threatening me for like definitely over a year now. I know what you're talking about. The top sheet. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. This is a little bit like I have not watched dead alive. And I think you have not actually made this thing that You've been very cryptic about, but it's it's been pretty threatening. I feel threatened. It's not threatening. We're obviously a little behind in getting you skis, so we have a lot of skis to get you. At some point, one of those skis will feature this graphic. And I'll just give you a hint. It, uh, it's you and another powerful, bald world leader. Not doing anything weird. Just out in the, the wilderness. <laughs> oh, my God. You can God. probably pick who. Um... I I mean I'm Putin. so anyway, um, <laughs> as you can imagine, there's a lot of really high quality Putin wilderness content. So, uh, and you have a pretty quality headshot. So, uh, you guys might or might not be taking a stroll on horseback. So one of your skis will eventually have this top sheet. Well, there it is. I don't know what's worse, the movie Dead or Alive or this top sheet. I just as long as it's up in Blister HQ. I'll be content. That's the that's the agreement. I have refused to commit to this. I think that's been part of the that's been part of the holdup is you you've set demands that like if you make this it has to be displayed in HQ and I didn't know what it was and I so I have been like no, I am not guaranteeing that whatever thing you send this way is going to be permanently displayed in HQ. I'm still not sure I am ready to commit to that. So I, I, I have some thinking to do. Um, all right, let's keep it moving. We are at the part category. So now we're looking at skis that are either dead center mounted to minus two centimeters behind true center. What's going on in the park category? So the park skis were the primary driver for this new composite just because it's it's stronger and park kids are you know they're not very nice to skis so you know the, the 90 and the 102 both get the new composite like everything else it's a little stronger they both got a slight bit of stiffness behind the tail other than that those shapes are really dialed so they're back pretty much unchanged the the other 
option that's a custom option on the 102 next year will be uh, a full edgeless uh, variant if you want to order it. So we've been putting the team guys on those for about a year for, you know, for aluminum or trees or, or wood they're you know, it's kind of a game changer. Uh, so we're finally, finally bringing that to market, which has been a, the, the production process is pretty complex because you have to cut them out on a CNC three-dimensionally, but we have that dialed. So now we're releasing them. I'm thinking maybe, you know, we have this whole series of like listener appreciation videos or these blister crash course videos that we're going to be putting out, you know, Telemark, our Telemark video is our first one we've got to do. I probably shouldn't say this out loud, but I'm envisioning like a blister crash course video all shot on edgeless skis at CB, <laughs> like skiing CB steeps. Um, I mean, it could be fun. Depending on the day, they're manageable, but on the wrong day, they're really unmanageable. So there's a level of personal responsibility that people need to take on these skis. I might need to like, if we did this, I might have to go in like full hockey goalie, like regalia. Um, and then like, you know, make our way over to high life or cesspool at CB. And then just because there might not be any stopping. Yeah. I've skied, we had a one-sided convex pillow fight prototype. That was scary. I actually fell getting off a chairlift at Bachelor just trying to skate on those skis. So these are pretty, these are, you can, you can get an edge enough. You just don't, you wouldn't want to have to stop fast, right? So you can get an edge to slow down, but you just, you go for a while. So no, no hockey stopping. No quick hockey, hockey stopping. You can, it's more of a hockey slowdown. Let's talk about touring skis. ON3P touring skis. Yes. So we just finalized the core today. I think I was telling you we were doing everything we could to not build the cores, but I think we're decided today we're going to bring the core manufacturing in-house, which I suppose is on brand. I'm not very excited, as you can tell, but <laughs> the, uh, the, the issue we're running into is that we really, like we're pretty dead set on keeping bamboo in the tour core. There's just really no way to get someone to build that outside of going to China right now, which we're trying to avoid. So we're just, we're setting up now to start production on them. So it's a, you know, it's not super complex core. I think that was kind of the, you know, we always knew on the tour cores, it just comes down to the core material. I mean, that's pretty much the ball game. And if you're on a material like bamboo, you can only go so light. So we're pulling, you know, obviously quite a bit of bamboo out, replacing it with Polonia and uh, yeah. A real tour core, finally. So okay, let's walk through it. So we've got a Jeffrey 108 tour. Yeah, so we basically we're stocking essentially a tour variant from each of our uh, balance points. So you got a Jeffrey 108 tour, Woodsman 108 tour. Uh, we're bringing back a Billy Goat 108 tour, which is if people remember, it's just a steeple 108, and then a Billy Goat tour. So those will be the four stock tour variants that you can order with no weight, uh, not on custom. So let's talk a little bit about how much lighter these tour versions are than the sort of stock or quote unquote inbounds versions of these skis are. Right now, the last step for us is we have a couple Polonia sources. So we're, we're trying to finalize the last one because we're seeing a little bit of variance there. But um, 
We basically set the goal coming in that a one, the longest length in a 108 would be under 1850. Right now we're seeing the actual ski weights come in, uh, Woodsman 108 tour in a 187, like between 1790 and 1840. So we're just trying to dial that in on the Polonia. So again, we're not, you know, it wasn't like, we're not the lightest, we're not going for the lightest tour skis, but you know, it's about, we're dropping 2150 to sub 1850. Uh, it's pretty good pretty good weight move for us. So we're doing that twofold. Obviously it's a tour core. The other thing is that these uh, tour variants will drop to uh, what is essentially a standard base width, which is a 1.4 millimeter. It's still a DuraSurf 4001. So it's, it's you know still a very durable material. Most every company is running at 1.3 or 1.4 anyway. So we're literally just dropping to the material everyone else is using. So yeah. Okay, so it sounds like we're still homing in a bit on the specific weights of some of these skis. Is that fair? Or like, so for like the Billy Goat Tour or Billy Goat 108, you're still doing some finalizing there. Is that right? Yeah, so we're, because we, I mean, like I said, we literally just decided today that we're going to do all the core manufacturing. We're kind of in um, like a hot production cycle right now to get units pressed so we have accurate weights. So because... The guys asking about tour weights are the ones that are going to care if I said 850 and it comes out 860. I'm going to just not say anything until we get accurate weights out, which will be out in the next couple of weeks. But um, you can assume in the longest length of the 108 skis, all sub 1850. I do like this. As we were talking yesterday and like nailing down a time to record this, I was just like, dude, figure out if you're doing this, you know, the core thing in-house or not before the podcast. So, you know, I appreciate you doing that. And uh, I guess we're breaking news here. Everyone here is thrilled. I, to be honest, it's it's kind of just another thing, but it's been like we've been working on like first we started looking at manufacturers in China just because, you know, bamboo is tough. Like there's no nowhere else to get bamboo but China. So, uh you know, we're looking at the manufacturers in China, working with them. And then, you know, COVID hit, you know, COVID had an effect on our supply here too, just with our stock bamboo. So we basically just said, all right, like, honestly, fuck that. Don't want to deal with China. Let's, you know, and then we started looking at manufacturers here. Bamboo, the hard thing about bamboo is there's no scale to it. You can't produce blanks like you would uh, with the hardwood. So every core is made individually. So it's just, you know, and I can hear Luke for a moment right now laughing at me because he was already laughing at me. But to do bamboo, basically, you have to do it one off per core. So it's just the the infrastructure in terms of setup is, you know, you have to have a lot of it to scale up. So we're, you know, we'll we'll work around it. I, you know, we'll manage it. But it, uh, yeah, I can't. We were we were doing everything we could to not do this, and here we are. Last category then, 50-50 custom. Tell us about what's going on here. The one thing that we found as we were, you know, developing this tour line essentially, and we knew this, it became readily apparent when we started pressing samples was that uh, the thick base and the thick edge add a ton of weight. Obviously it's like, duh. But when we started calculating how much weight uh, we could lose by going to the skinny base and skinny edge, it was crazy. So... Um, one thing that we found though, is that those skis that had the tour core, but are thick base and edge, which are coming in like 1950. So they're still losing quite a bit of weight 
over our stock layout um, really fit what a lot of us here look for on a tour ski, which is something that's, you know, it's not a huge vert ski. It might have to do some inbounds duty. It's probably getting shifts or, or uh, kingpins, something that's not super light. So, uh, yeah, we're calling that 50-50. It's going to be a custom option next year. And it's basically our tour core with our stock base and edge. So you get, you know, same durability in terms of base and edge. You know, you lose some weight, but you're not at a, a real tour weight still. And that will be an option on certain models on custom. So Certain models on custom. Yeah, like we're not going to do a tour Magnus 90, right? So basically any, uh, any Jeffrey, any Woodsman, Billy Goat, you'll have those options. Um, so... So yeah, so we've got like the stock kind of heaviest inbounds version. We've got your lightest touring versions. And now we've got the Goldilocks 5050s. Basically, yeah. So yeah, so you've got bamboo core, thick base and edge stock, uh, tour core, thick base and edge 5050, and then tour core, thin base and edge tour. So. so many options. I know. I know you hate it. <laughs> it's just a custom option. I mean, it... You know, that's one of the, like, we talked about, do we stock a 50-50 variant? We're like, that's, you know, explaining that to people in stock custom, you know, where there's a higher level of uh, customer interaction and, you know, people are taking more time in their purchase cycle. You can get a little more in the weeds on what, you know, what, what the goals are of the ski. So I'm actually very curious to see what your website ends up looking like. And how confusing this all seems or how like very clear and straightforward this seems. Because this is really starting to feel a little bit like it's one of those restaurants with like the secret menu. On custom. That you kind of have to know. Well, yeah, but I don't know. I think, Like I said. I, I think the thing to remember on custom is that like 70, 75% of customs are purely graphic swaps. So in terms of volume, the people that are getting in the weeds on flex changes layup changes, stuff like that is just a relatively small percentage, uh, you know, and a lot of times are handled one-on-one. -on -one. So it's, I agree if these were rolled out as, uh, as stock options, they would be really confusing. So I think our work here is largely done. Is there anything else? I'll give you, you got five minutes. What's new? What, what's on your mind? What should we discuss? Are we good? Uh, fuck COVID, fuck Trump. I'm out. I don't know. Um, <laughs> where where are the tests? Can we ask where the tests are? I'd like the tests to show up. That'd be great. Um, I think um, we're doing some new stuff with uh, with with athlete skis. Not an original idea. We're essentially stealing from skateboarding, where they do team decks. So we're doing athlete, basically athlete thought out individual graphics that are offline. So so the first two that are about to drop are mango top sheet and a hackle top sheet so you know those guys obviously it was supposed to fall in line with real ski uh, but covid happened um, so those are about to drop and we're going to continue those probably two every like four to six months so i already have the next two lined up and uh yeah it's just kind of an interesting when you see the graphics they're pretty different um which is fine but it's kind of it's cool to get some of these other guys uh you know, we're part of the team, part of the branding, get their their own perspective on the graphical side of things that is slightly different than, you know, what we would traditionally do. So that's coming out. Excited for those. They're interesting. They're, they're definitely unique. Uh, so I think those will be launching 
really soon. Custom sales launching really soon. I basically just have to update the builder for these new options. I guess the other thing that's a little different on custom this year is that we're no longer making flex changes by composite. It's now going to be all done in the core profile. So that's a little different than in the past. Composites is it's obviously an easier change because you're dealing with fundamentally the same build parts. But uh, we're moving to custom milling for custom options. So people don't really notice a change. The option will just say stiffer or softer. Internally, it's a pain in the ass, but um, it is what it is. So you are a tinkerer. Yeah, it's a it's it's remarkable to me. Um, you just keep tinkering. I think uh, this is one thing that's really interesting to me is that people always like. Like when the Magnus came out, people were like, oh, is this all this new development? And like, these are all, there's all the same ski, right? Like the Jeffrey 96, the 102, the 108, the 116, it's all just one long running Jeffrey with, you know, that's been in development for 10 years. It has variations. So I think, you know, that's why like with the 102, I mean, we already had a Jeffrey 102. It was a Geronimo, right? And it, uh, I think that, that's one thing we had this custom idea a couple of years ago where we would basically just sell a platform, right? So you'd, you'd sell a Magnus or I'd sell, say, a Jeffrey, and we would offer it where you offer every width in two mil increments from, say, 90 to 120. So if you want a Jeffrey 98 or Jeffrey 102 or Jeffrey 104, or Jeffrey 106, whatever, we can build it. And it really lets people tailor their widths because the platform is functionally the same, right? I mean, it's the obviously you're tweaking minor components, but one one fixed freestyle platform. I think we're kind of approaching that a little bit on the Jeffrey and the Woodsman right now with these six mil spreads on the, you know, the 96 to 108. Like that's the bulk market. That's where most people are buying. You know, we're getting pretty close to that on custom, but I do think it's, I don't know, it's just something I always find really interesting is that people see a new ski and it's, you know, it's like, it's this new thing. And it's like, no, it's just a continuation of 10 years of the same ski ebbs and flowing. So when you're saying tinkering, it's true. It's, you know, it's it's ebbs and flows of style, of rocker, of minor changes, of of what snowpack's doing, of what style's doing, and so yes, we're we're tinkerers, but it's we're working on the same car the whole time, basically. All right, man. Well, on that note, I feel like I should let you go so you can get back to tinkering and building custom cores and the like. And uh, but yeah, um, as always, it's good to check in, and uh, I'm glad that. It sounds like overall you and the ON3P squad are doing okay in these times. And um, yeah, good luck building all of this stuff. Yeah, we'll, we'll be good on the building. <laughs> Just need people to buy it. <laughs> Hope the economy is not totally destroyed. So hmm. we shall see. Hmm. All right, man. Well, listen, appreciate it. And uh, I'll let you get back to work and I will talk to you soon, I'm sure. I'm going to get working on your skis, comrade. <laughs> Talk to you later. All right, bye. That's it for this edition of Gear 30. Thanks to Scott for the conversation. And if you enjoyed this episode, then don't forget to leave that rating in Apple Podcasts, aka iTunes, and, you know, be a nice person and share this episode with your fellow gear nerd friends. I also want to say thanks to the still strikingly handsome Justin Bob for producing this episode. J-Bob, I apologize. I have not been calling you strikingly handsome in a while, 
And it's just, it's, it doesn't do you justice. It's unfair. I apologize. Anyway, thanks to J-Bob and thanks to you for listening. Now, please take good care of yourself and everyone else out there. And we will see you back here on Gear 30 next week.